Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Reggie's Expressions. But before we get started, I need to tell you about how great this application called Anchor is. That's the application that I'm using to record this right now. This application is great because it allows you to be able to record a podcast and do all the things that you need in terms of editing in one place, all right? I used this application before, and not only did I have to record it, I had to download it from this thing and add it to this and add it. It was just too much. I found out about Anchor, and I realized how easy it was. They have all the creation tools and everything that you're going to need right from your phone. You can edit, you can add music, whatever you need directly from the application. Like I said, it's all in one place. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I can't reiterate that enough, all right? So all you guys got to do is go and download the Anchor app, either from your Google Play Store or your Apple Play Store or wherever you get your, your apps from on your phone. Or you can do it the traditional way by going to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. Thank you so much again. And don't forget, you can find us on Reggie's Expressions, and that's Reggie's underscore expressions on Instagram. Enjoy the episode. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Reggie's Expressions. And by the way, I hadn't settled on that name just yet. And I also need to create a theme song and all that other fun stuff that I'm still trying to figure out how to do. Trust me, it's a whole thing. But we're going to get it together. It's going to be like a real, real podcast, you know, pretty soon. But uh, I know it's been a minute, and I'm sorry about that, but some of you guys already know that I did have a bout of the flu last week. I'm telling you, when I'm telling you, when I tell you that that flu kicked my ass, that's the least that I could say. I mean, that flu was a different strain of flu. I, I called it the thug flu because that flu had me sick. I end up having a panic attack, and I end up having to take most of the week off last week. Um, you know, my nose was stuffed up, but I am good now. So, you know, I'm happy to be over it, but I didn't had every medicine, I didn't had Tamiflu, I didn't had, um, you know, Robitussin, I didn't had Robitussin uh, DM, sugar-free, uh, antibiotics, everything else that you could think of I've had in this last week, but, you know, if. I mean, all that to say, I am here now, I feel good, I feel present, and it was a long week. Um, and I'm ready to jump in. So I teased a little bit about what this topic is going to be, but first off, I want to tell you guys, if you haven't already, please go ahead and subscribe, comment, and share this uh, as much as you possibly can. And we're now on Spotify, we're on RSS feed and Google Podcasts, just to name a few. And uh, basically get it where you uh, where you get your podcast. You I mean you can pretty much just search for it and it will automatically come back in. So the topic that I'm going to talk about today is going to be about the Surviving R. Kelly Part 2, um, which came out, I want to say, at this point two weeks ago. My time off, I did get an opportunity to watch a good portion of actually all the episodes. And... Um, I mean, most people have been saying that it's a little underwhelming. Um, it was definitely a continuation of the stories. Uh, and I'll get more into it. It is five uh, episodes. And um, was there enough story to go around to have a, a, a Reckoning Part 2? Sadly to say, yes, there is. So 
So I'm gonna take a quick break, and when I come back, we're gonna get right into Surviving R. Kelly, part two, The Reckoning. And I'm back. Uh, so the last thing that we left off was the asking the question, was there enough uh, for part two? And I said, unfortunately, yes, uh, there was. Um, part two was not a rehash of old stories. Um, Although it did have a few stories uh, speckled in it with some of the older people, Geronda Pace um, and um, Dominique uh, Gardner, but in a different capacity was there. Michelle Kramer, uh, which is Dominique's uh, mother. You get to learn a little bit more about some of the victims that he had. And, you know, to be honest, all of their stories sounded the same. But the first episode uh, talked about, um, you know, the the Kelly family kind of coming from nothing and how uh, they struggled so much um, as they were growing up and they lived in this uh, home you know with all his brothers and sisters with his cousins too and it also talked a little bit more about Bruce and Carrie and uh, which are his brothers as well as R. Kelly himself and um, how they were also affected by child molestation as well um, one being by a 60-year-old neighbor who I think their neighborhood ended up beating up, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the second one being by a female cousin or female family member um, that uh, uh, Carrie kind of goes more into detail about. And it just talks about the separation of Robert Kelly, which is the child in him, versus R. Kelly, who is the monster. And um, it just... I mean, it was it, it was a sad story, and I think that's something that we hear a lot uh, of um, when it comes to predators, that they too have been victimized in some way, shape, or form, which is why they do this. They do it because it's a sense of power for them, uh, or maintaining that power that they didn't uh, get. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate, and um, you know, it really is pretty sad. Anytime a child had to, you know, be raised and, 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 and you know, we're told to shush and keep that story in, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Now, it does not make me feel bad enough to R. Kelly that, oh, okay, well, that makes sense that we should abstain him from all of the other things that have happened. I mean, there were a lot of women, and one of the new stories, uh, which she kind of came out uh, towards the ending of the last um, uh, documentary, uh, Surviving R. Kelly, her name was Faith Rogers, and um, she sued R. Kelly for having, uh, giving unknowingly or knowingly giving her an STD and uh, sexual assault as well. She did sue him, um, and uh, they also talked about her parents, which, or talked with her parents, which her mom and father, um, uh, her father's a pastor, her mom's first lady, sister that they never really showed. They also talked about how all of the victims of R. Kelly, as well as the people who participated in the first um, um, documentary or docu-series, whatever you want to call it, um, were all threatened that, you know, um, bad information was going to be released. Like Asante uh, McGee, her mugshot uh, was put online, which she wasn't convicted. And, or at least that's the story that she told. And... Um, you know, there's a team of people that 
are either being paid or told they're being paid or either either vigilantes in their own right while they feel like they're you know bringing justice by outing these women you know to to say that they're human too or they could lie i just don't get and um the story more specifically was faith story um about um, the night that all the survivors got together to screen um, the Surviving R. Kelly series last year, um, there was a gun threat, so they had to shut it down. And then somebody reached out to her and said, if you don't do what we tell you, we're going to release this uh, uh, information. And um, they went back and forth trying to see what the you know the people wanted and it was just a whole situation and eventually faith got tired and was like you know what do whatever you want with it um because she saw what it was and wasn't concerned uh with it and uh later on they end up releasing uh inappropriate pictures of the sister who the younger sister who had nothing to do with it and um you know these these people are ruthless. I don't get the feeling that these people who are doing this uh, in the name of R. Kelly are dangerous people. I just feel like, you know, they're just people who ain't got nothing but time on their hands and ain't got nothing but, you know, effort to go out and, and, and put this negativity in the world. It's, it's just a sad place that we live in. And, um, you know, it's... It's unfortunate that those women are being re-victimized one more time, you know, having to tell their stories and number one, not being believed and being paid off in some way, shape or form. Uh, secondly, to go out and do the documentary and have to tell the accounts again. And then thirdly, to tell the stories again, to also not get believed um, and then to be challenged that if you don't do what you're supposed to do or do what I tell you to do, which is to not say anything, I'm gonna expose you for more. And that could have been why uh, Lisa Van um, Allen, who was not present this, um, this particular um, episode, she was not on there uh, at all, which Sparkle wasn't, but uh, you know, I, I think that her story is still kind of ongoing, so. You know, there's really nothing else she could really add to it. But Lisa Van Allen maybe could have feared the, which she doesn't come off as, a, as that kind of person. I do follow her on social media, her and Geronda Pace. And, uh, you know, uh, I did see something where uh, Lisa Van Allen was not happy with something and it caused her to act out. And as a result, she put this scathing post about how you know uh, janky the promotion was or whatever the case may be I don't know um, but she clearly wasn't happy with uh, the betrayal and what was going on so I don't know if fear had something to do with it or if she was just ready for it to be done and a few of the women uh, a few of the women uh, decided that this will be the last time that they'll be speaking on it uh, just because at this point why what's I mean we already identified these women as um, uh, their stories being, uh, you know, so tragic and so sad and, you know, everything a survivor would be going through just on a public scale, you know, it almost seems that we're a little obsessed with, you know, hearing their story or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I digress. It was, 
it definitely was an interesting um, um, documentary, docu-series. Um, there was some new things that I did find out. Um, you know, Dominique Garner, who was on the first one, who we did see Michelle Kramer, her mother, actually get her out of the, the situation. Um, you know, we did see where she did come through um, in her transition back into the real world. She didn't want it to go back to Kelly. I think she did for a, a moment. Um, it was just really tragic, you know, just to, to hear her story and how she was able to walk away even though, you know, it was easy for her to go back. And, um, you know, I love the, the thing that Michelle did in terms of cutting her hair, you know, to be in solidarity with her daughter because her daughter was made to cut her hair uh, in the last one, which, um, you know, Dominique always had a very feminine, uh, you know, um, look, or at least from the pictures that I saw. And uh, you can see where she embraced it, it looks good. Um, and uh, she's kind of on the mend as much as she possibly can be. I don't know if she's gone to therapy. That really wasn't the, the, the topic, and I can understand these women feeling like, um, you know, they're not gonna be protected because of what's been seen so far. Uh, you know, people looking to get a quick buck, trying to sell stories or whatever the case may be. They may not feel like, you know, the, the process is therapy because of, you know, them being betrayed in, in other ways. You know, I mean, the system failed them, which is also another part of, um, you know, the topic here, how the system, there were a lot of women, a lot of NDAs that were signed, um, Aaliyah being one of those people. They did bring her up, you know, even in death, she still has to uh, be associated with it, you know, which is probably the best thing for her, um, considering how these women are suffering every day. And, you know, they did talk about Aaliyah and they talk about the justice system and they did talk about a few of the people um, that kind of helped them. And I didn't realize this in the, in, um, they also interviewed Dame Dash, which was another reason why Leah came up uh, again. Um, but I didn't realize this, but uh, um, Jen Emrich and Lindsay Perryman uh, Dunn, they were sisters. Um, or at least that's what I read on the Googs. And you know, Googs is known for it is, uh, it's true. So, um, but they did look very similar. I thought it was one woman. Um, it was two women. And, you know, these women, uh, were the Antichrist. Um, the unfortunate thing about them is that they identified with the women, knowing that these women have been abused, but also seeming like they were taking pride in suppressing these women from telling their stories and almost uh, you know, taking happiness in their ultimate demise, if you will. You know, the, the releasing of their information and their mugshots. It almost made you feel like they had something to do with it. And they were white women. Um, so for them, they could not see themselves in these women's as uh, women's in these women as victims because of that. I think that racial overtone, that 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 race, um, because I do believe that it had been you know, Mary Lou Jackson, who happened to be, you know, all of his victims, it would be a different story. And that's a lot of what, you know, this documentary uh, and the last documentary kind of talked about, 
how the system failed these these black women and how you know we have this anger towards them for standing up and actually doing something that they believe in and 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 and, you know going forth with their story but yet we still don't believe them like i'm not sure where that disconnect is um i am a brother of a survivor of um you know sexual assault and you know not to tell her story because it's not mine to tell i remember you know her kind of going through some of the things that she went through being you know being a victim and you know it was it's horrible i don't think anybody could ever understand and we have to do something to change the way we treat victims um, of sexual assault you know the idea can't be well people lie too so we need to scrutinize them we have to you know in one way shape or form believe their story as much as we possibly can and try to you know figure out you know uh, what else is involved um, you know and deal you know with these victims with the more delicate hand because what's happening now is these women and it's not just women who are sexual assault victims um, I'm just focusing on them because of part of this uh, documentary. But what happens is, is we, depending on the people who are a part of the situation, um, you know, the men who are involved in investigation can see themselves. They can align with that male victim being a victim himself as a result of this woman lying, but not necessarily able to visualize that this could be their, their daughter or you know their aunt, their mother, or whatever the case may be. And I don't know how we got there. I don't know why that is the case, but we have to figure out a way um, to protect our women or protect our victims. And you know, it not be this very public and very heart-wrenching way of saying what's truth and what's not, you know? Um, There has to be a little bit of nuance, which that is going to be a topic that I'm going to go over later on, but, um, you know, nuance is something that we do need to take in consideration. But um, it was was a, a documentary. I can't say good or bad simply because, you know, it was a documentary that was talking about people being oppressed and, you know, telling their story and not being believed, you know. It's a lot of that that went on. Um, they did talk about or talk to Tiffany Hawkins, which happened to be his very first victim. She's the one that took him to court in 2002. Um, and it was just, <coughs> it was just unfortunate because there were many other women that were a part of that, but they reduced it to only one story. And, um, you know, it was her story that they used. And, you know, you can't use one story to convince a jury uh, that this man is capable of doing this with many others, you know. Um, And I think he definitely played on the shame of his victims. You know, he he put the shame back in their court and, you know, uh, shushed them into uh, shaming them. And then the system also played a part in and, you know, if you're lying, you know, this is going to happen to you. And 
you know, he, I would say that man probably has about a good 25, 30 NDAs, and NDAs are non-disclosure agreements where um, you're not supposed to talk about the, the settlement and what happened. And um, a couple of the women uh, broke their NDA. Um, Lanita Carter, as well as Geronda, broke hers. Um, and they were all paid off, but I want everybody to understand that even though you know, a person has been paid off doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they don't believe that that person did something criminally. Um, I do feel like there should be some monetary value uh, associated with these victims uh, because unfortunately they're never going to be able to have a normal life, you know, because of the caliber of this story um, ever again. So, you know, that's the least R. Kelly should be able to do. But I hope that this time, this man stays behind jail. I hope that this man, um, you know, that we believe him this time, you, you know, believe the victims and we don't let him get away. Because it's been 30 years. He got away with it in the early 2000s. He cannot get away with it this time. And, um, you know, I don't listen to any of R. Kelly's songs, even though he had a great catalog. For me, I don't think it's, there's a way to be able to separate the music from the person. Like, I, I don't believe it. I mean, the lyrics in which, you know, your body's calling and uh, bump and grind and, you know, age ain't nothing but a number, they closely identify with exactly what, you know, the victims say happen. And it's just too eerily close for me to be able to represent that man. So yes, I will be hashtag Mutant R. Kelly. So with that being said, guys, those were a little bit about my thoughts on what happened. I don't feel like I really, really got a chance to scratch the surface, but if you haven't, go out and watch it. Um, I tried to give you as much as I possibly can, you know, so you don't have to go watch it, but, um, you know, don't take my word for it. And if anybody out there believes this man, believe that he did not commit what he committed, come on. You just, at this point, are willfully ignorant. You know, you just don't want to believe. And there's nothing anybody can do to try to convince you. Well, why even bother? Um, so, that's about all I have. Um, I'm not going to take too much of your time. I hope you guys uh, like the podcast. And, uh, yeah, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to comment, like, and share. All right? Reggie's Expressions. I promise you guys, I'm going to come up with a better name pretty soon. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your day. Love you. Peace. And until next time.